Latrodectus, the genus of spider referred to as widows, derives their name from the tendency to practice sexual cannibalism. This means after a male and female have mated, the female will kill the male. Dun, dun, dun. The most infamous example is the notorious black widow spider, an elegant and deadly spider of glossy black with long needle-like legs and a large abdomen emblazoned with the unmistakable crimson red hourglass. In popular culture, this term has made the leap to describe wives who have killed. Most notably are killers like Romania's Vera Renzi, who was charged with the 35 counts of poisoning via arsenic. Her victims include two husbands, numerous lovers, and her son. Josephine Gray, who shot to death two husbands and a boyfriend in Maryland, and Nanny Doss, the giggling granny, who killed 11 people, including four of her husbands, her sister, her mother, grandson, and mother-in-law. It's a cool uh, nickname. The giggling granny. <laughs> and it's great because if you look at her, like, headshots, uh... She she looks like um, like Mrs. Claus. Weird. Yeah, she wears like the lacy collar and the black and everything, and it's it's fun. <laughs> it's fun as you know a homicidal nanny can be. Yeah. Um, but then we have the case of Stacy Caster, an ambulance dispatcher who struck two husbands and made an attempt on her child. She worked in the same office as my mother-in-law, and there is even an alleged photo of her holding my infant sister-in-law. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And I'm Meg. And this is the Your Town Podcast. On episodes like this, I wish I had like that deep baritone uh, voiceover voice that the guy from like Forensics Files has. I mean, if you had that voice, we would probably use it in every episode. That's a pretty good one. Born Stacy Ruth Daniels in Clay, New York. She met her first husband, Michael Wallace, it's when not, she was just seven. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. No, we're going to go back to the other one. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, born Stacy Ruth Daniels in Clay, New York. She met her first husband, Michael Wallace, when she was just 17. They married quickly, and in 1988, they had their first daughter, Ashley, followed by a second daughter, Bree, in 1991. The marriage was seemingly passionate, but a tough dynamic between Stacy and her daughters began to form. Financial stressors were common, and over time, the couple drifted apart, and it was rumored both parties were having affairs. Tough. I mean, the, I, I think we know the outcome because we know Stacy, and we, we we you know did a little intro that had it. Yeah, pretty heavy intro. It, it seems like financial problems and affairs, usually in anything that we've seen in, in shows on on certain platforms mm-hmm. is a big thing in murders that yeah. happen in cases. Yep. Um, the couple never separated, however, and in, the late ni- and in late 1999, Stacy's husband began feeling ill. Over time, his physical deterioration presented with complaints of unsteadiness, coughing fits, and sporadic swelling. And they, des- they describe it in a couple articles that I read where like he would wake up and like his, just like his ankles would be swollen or just like his wrists and his hands would be swollen, like very obviously distorted or like his neck and his jowl would be like very, uh, like noticeably distorted. And he wasn't a big guy. Like he was, Mm. so it wasn't the diabetes. Yeah, no, it would just be like weird, like puffy swelling. Huh? As the holidays drew near Wallace's family urged him to seek medical care, but he never made the appointment and died in early 2000. Isn't that like a typical, and only living, 
most of my life in, you know, um, say Syracuse and up. It seems to be a thing, at least here. I wonder if it is everywhere else where the like men are like, I'm just going to tough this out. Yeah. I mean, my ankles are swollen. Then this, I'm just going to tough. And then you almost always find them. Yep. Dead at a I decent age. It's just men, though. I think it's yeah. a regional thing. Like, think so? Yeah. yeah I think it's, a, it, I think it has a lot to do with pride. I, I, I would I subscribe to that and for the way sure. That we were brought up and raised. Pride, stubbornness, or stupidity? Both. Are Let's put that on a t shirt. And it's for the holidays. It's Christmas. Yeah. I don't want to go to the doctor for Christmas. Anyway, I don't know what that accent was. <laughs> yeah, well, that was like. I'm gonna leave it in though. Yeah. <laughs> Vern, cut, Vern cut. Vern cut that. Too late. <laughs> yep, it's in. Um, so the doctors told Stacy that the cause of death was a heart attack, a determination Stacy would cling to passionately, despite protests from Wallace's biological family, namely a sister who demanded an autopsy be performed. This was refused by Stacy, however. And her mm-hmm. being the wife, I mean, she I had eminent domain over it. I've we all probably can see why at this point. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Wallace's Tough. death quickly moved past the widowed Stacy and her two daughters. And in 2003, Stacy married David Castor. Oh, poor David. Castor owned Liverpool Heating and Air Conditioning, and Stacy managed his office. Ooh, and for anybody that doesn't know. A little bit of a spoiler. You might get some ties in an episode coming up that could deal with the Liverpool area as well. It doesn't have really much with heating and cooling, and but it's a cool story, so stay mm-hmm. tuned. By all accounts, the marriage was storybook. David was known to wait on Stacy hand and foot, often taking her to fancy dinners and buying her dresses. He was the image of the American man, an independent, self-made man who ran his own business and loved the outdoors. Speaking of outdoors, if you have a beard, don't have a beard, you're a man, you're a woman, doesn't matter. Check out Copper John's Beard Company. They're a beard company that has a full woman's line. They have everything that you need for your beard, your hair, your skin care. doesn't matter. They, they take you on an adventure with every single product that they do. It was inspired by the kind of iconic fly fishing reel, the Copper John. And, you know, we'd love to have you part of the Copper John's Beard family. If you can't remember, copperjohnsbeard.com. Just go to the Best Beard Products. Dot com is going to bring you right there. And like I said, if you want, use code BEARDLAWS. Use code producer Zach. We got all sorts of stuff. So do they. And they do a scent of the month that you truly will enjoy. And spoiler alert, there might even be one with the lovely state of New York in the near future. Again, check it out. CopperJohnsBeard.com. I mean, when I read a book and I think storybook, I don't see myself being a guy that's getting, and this is no offense to Meg, where I'm not waiting on hand and foot. And hmm. I, just I, don't I don't think either it. couple should. I just don't want to work. I mean, you just want to play on your drums all day? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Domestically, however, there were issues. Despite his obvious affection for Stacy, he had well-documented issues with his two new stepdaughters. He failed to truly connect with them and gained a reputation for being demanding and diminutive. And not to interrupt you, but even in the first marriage, there was issues with the actual biological dad and the daughters yeah. and the mom and the daughters. Yep. So, I mean, just... just... An overarching thing in Thread that um, kind of weaves itself in and out later on in the court proceedings and mm-hmm. investigations and all that sort of stuff is that it's very obvious that Stacy Castor did not get proper postnatal care. <sighs> um, she she had depressive episodes. She didn't really handle the baby blues well. And I mean, it was the 80s and the early 90s. I don't know how well those things were handled or managed at that time. Um, but it's pretty well 
substantiated that that was probably where a lot of these problems manifested was in improper postnatal care. Yep, back to the t-shirt. You back know, just pride, stubbornness, and stupidity. Exactly. PSS. The tensions peaked, though, when David was trying to plan an anniversary vacation, which did not include 17-year-old Ashley and 15-year-old Bree. Come on, Dave. This did not sit well with Stacy, specifically over the thought of leaving Bree home alone for the duration of the trip, Bree being the 15-year-old. Yeah, that's... Um, an intense argument broke out. Stacy went on to tell ABC News she had never seen her husband so angry. In the fallout of this argument, Stacy distanced herself from her husband, stayed with friends, and got out of the house as much as possible. She also began constructing a narrative that framed David as an explosive drunk. Mm-hmm. David was not seen often during this time, and Stacy explained it away by saying he was drunk and in bed. Interesting. In August of 2005... Onondaga County sheriffs responded to wellness checks in the middle of the afternoon. The call was placed by Stacy, who claimed her husband had not shown up to work and was not answering multiple calls to the home phone or his cell phone. Sergeant Robert Willoughby was first to the scene, and after failing to get a response from David, he kicked in the bedroom door and found the man naked and in bed. But what was he in bed? He was dead. He was dead. Mm, that's a key word I think we want to throw in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, just I just want to make <laughs> sure that whoop. he was he naked. He kicked in the bedroom door and found the man naked and dead in bed. Yeah. I mean, it's a much different scenario. I mean, he walks in and <laughs> yeah. he's just naked, hanging out there, drunk. Be like, okay, Can I cool. fucking help you? <laughs> yeah. What's going on here? But you see him dead in bed? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, good wellness check. Yes. Well, depending <laughs> on how you look at it. Um, especially because near his body was a container of antifreeze, cranberry juice, and apricot brandy. Ooh, that's a yeah. That's not a good drink. Uh, I'm I don't do the liquors anymore, but that's you. I, I mean, cranberry brandy and in itself. But then you throw antifreeze. And we're not doing that. Yeah, very cool I, color though. The what stood out to me most is that like the thought of apricot brandy and cranberry juice is so painfully like '90s to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, big time! Like that. I can smell that living room. Anyway. And, it's, and this is what, 2005? This so, is I mean, 2005 now. So realistically, hmm. we're, you know, we're rural East Coast guys. The culture doesn't get to us nearly as fast. So no, no. They very well could have been living still in 1998 and it mm-hmm. would have been fine. If only White Claws were out now. If then. only. Um, so yeah, apricot brandy, cranberry juice, antifreeze. And then there was a glass containing a bright green liquid. Willoughby's report included an account of a hysterical Stacy rushing to the body of her deceased husband, screaming, Meg. He's not dead. He's not dead. Nailed it. (laughs) After a coroner's investigation and interviews with Stacy, it was determined the weight of running his business in marital strife led David to a deep depression, culminating in his suicide. Naturally, Stacy clung to this assertion, but unlike the death of her first husband, the suspicion surrounding David's death did not go away. Immediately, David's sister Linda Orzempa, David's first wife Janice Poissant, and his other bi- and his only biological child David Jr. all came forward with disbelief and objection to the verdict of suicide. The circumstances, the circumstances in opposition, were enough to keep local authorities from closing the case. Thank goodness, and it's almost said that family has to fight that hard. Yeah. To and like I said, you know, being somebody that watches these shows, it's just common theme where and this is no knock on law official or anything like but or though you know they're busy and stuff like that but you always see how the family has to continually fight and fight and fight and keep this case and spend their own money and time and well, just to figure travel out too. travel yep. yeah yeah i can't i didn't put it in here um but i know like the sister was not local i don't think the first wife was local anymore mm-hmm. 
And I think the son was away at college at the time. So yeah, all of these people, like you said, Meg, had to... They essentially have to build an army. Yeah, to back exactly. Them. Yeah. So in the ensuing investigation, a narrative developer, Castor slowly poisoned her husband until he was too weak to offer any sort of resistance. And at that point, Stacy administered the final dose of antifreeze. You ready? Oh, no. Via a turkey baster. Unreal. To support this narrative, police wiretapped Stacy's home, set up surveillance cameras, and began monitoring the grave sites of her past husbands. You guys ready for this one? Um, I don't think so, but yes. Who she chose to be interred side by side. That's so messed up. So it was her plot, ex-husband, ex-husband. That can't be normal. Authorities assumed a widow racked with grief over the loss of two husbands would visit the tandem graves, but she never made a single visit after they were buried. Years later, David Castor's son was awarded the right to exhume and relocate his father's remains. Thank goodness. That's such... I mean, obviously, you're dealing with a psychopath or whatever the right terminology is with a woman who has murdered two husbands. That's so twisted. Isn't that just weird? To be like, all right, well, you know, it'd be even more weird if it went husband, her husband. Oh, little little Stacy sandwich. Yep. You know, or an Oreo. Or, or an Oreo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Turkey baster, though. Yeah, turkey baster. And uh, so, in, in wasn't she, didn't you say in the beginning of it that she worked for like a medical type thing with a transportation that, or ambulance? That's where she, so that's where she worked with my mother-in-law is she, they worked at an ambulance dispatch in downtown Syracuse. Okay. So I was, okay. So the dispatch, I was thinking if she had medical training and she was like, a you oh, know, no. on the things, she, nope. it would have made sense potentially in my brain to let's do an IV of it instead of a turkey baster. Nope, turkey baster. Let me ask you both this. Since when's the last time you guys have actually used a turkey baster? Do we like, we, I don't even think we have one. I don't think I've ever basted a turkey to have a turkey baster. I, the last time I saw a turkey baster in person was when we cleaned out my grandparents' house when they downsized. So it's a, this is, again, a, a, maybe our area, but it definitely has to be, what, an 80s, 90s, early my 2000s? My mom uses one almost every time she cooks. Okay. Really? Yeah. So, but uh, I guess our generation's a newer I generation. I use a spoon. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just, I, I'm a big fan of the mop brush. There we go. I like the mop brush, or I still have an old school self-basting roaster like oven roaster mm-hmm. that's got the dome lid and it all rolls i don't know okay well, but i got, cool. also got that for my grandmother who had a turkey baster so and there's so many other jokes that we're not going to touch that i think pops into a lot of yeah people's brains yeah, we don't so just, need it. We just don't a need weird thing that. all right um so they yep, went together yeah, so we moved look. the body yep. thankfully yep so the investigation gathered enough evidence that a court order was issued to exhume the remains of michael wallace caster's oh. first husband his remains were analyzed, and it was determined he was also killed by antifreeze. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. By September 2007, the sharks were circling Stacy, and she could see the hammer was about to fall on her for the murder of both her husbands. Metaphorical sharks. Metaphorical not sharks. Ones. Metaphorical hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, it is at this point, investigators believe Stacy began constructing a plan to evade suspicion and conviction. She enacted this plan after receiving a call from her oldest daughter, Ashley, who was away at college. Ashley was hysterical and told her mother investigators contacted her and informed her that her father had been poisoned instead of having died of a heart attack. Stacy immediately invited Ashley to their family home in Liverpool for some drinks to help relax and comfort each other. No way I'm having a drink with that bitch. No. The drinking lasted two days before the younger sister, Bree, found her older sister comatose in bed. Bree demanded her sister receive medical attention, so Stacy calls 911. Bree briefly leaves her sister's bedside, 
And in the time it took first responders to arrive on the scene and Bree leaving the bedside, mm. excuse me, Bree left her sister's bedside. Yep. And in that absence, the first responders arrived. And what happened when she returned? And when she returned, a suicide note had appeared next to her sister's body. It was word processed. <sighs> and it was detailing how she killed her father and stepfather. <clears throat> Stacy immediately snatched the note from Bree, who had found it and was reading it, and gave it to the paramedics immediately. Yikes. Huh. But Ashley survived the encounter. Hell yeah. And went on to detail the two days of drinking with her mother, which included several nasty tasting drinks uh, that were offered to her by her mother. Do you think she had stock in an antifreeze company? Maybe. Well, she uh, her she had access to antifreeze. Oh, the HVAC. Li- liver, yeah, Liverpool Heat and Air Conditioning. She would have had access to, to antifreeze pretty regularly. But first husband. Oh, yeah, first husband. I don't get that. Maybe okay. it was just fortuitous that... Maybe he was an HVAC guy, too. I can't remember what he did. Hmm. He was he was pretty successful. I can't remember what he did, though. Hmm. Um, so, but yeah, so Ashley sniffs these drinks. They smell disgusting. She refuses them, refuses them, refuses them. But eventually, uh, but eventually she downs the cocktail out of trust for her mother, who she described as her best friend at the time. And Ashley Wallace later went on to say that a lot of the mixtures were crushed pills with vodka, orange juice, and Sprite. Yep. Which I feel like I knew some people back in the early 2000s that also drank that. But. Yeah, but that was that was on the menu. Ugh. She went on to refute having written the note, the suggested murder of her two father figures, and claiming the last thing she remembered was her mother making her the alcoholic drink, something that Stacy had never done for her prior. To, uh, that she's never made. A yeah, Stacy, like it was very Ashley repeated over and over and over again that my mom and I never drank together, and she never mixed me a cocktail before. Gotcha. Um, a toxicology report later revealed uh, Ashley had been disposed with a potential fatal dose of painkillers. Like that is. The legal system moved quickly, and later on in 2007, Stacy was arrested for the second-degree murder of David Castor, the attempted murder of her the attempted murder of her daughter, Ashley, and for constructing and implementing the plot to frame her daughter for the death of her past two husbands. Despite the overwhelming evidence and the fact that Ashley was only 12 when her biological father passed away, throughout the court proceedings, Stacy clung mercilessly to the claim that her daughter was the murderer and both of her husband was the murderer of both of her husbands and that she had attempted to take her own life out of guilt. What a piece of shit. And I'm surprised that honestly that they were only going after that she got second degree for that one. You know what I mean? Yeah, you would you would think that'd be straight up premeditated, premeditated first degree. Yep. But huh. so Stacey Castor's trial lasted until February 5th, 2009, where she was found guilty of poisoning her late husband David Castor and with the attempted murder of her daughter Ashley. On March 5th, 2009, a New York State judge sentenced Stacy to two 25-year prison sentences, along with an additional four years for forging David Castor's will, effectively cheating his biological son out of inheritance. So the judge closed out proceedings by declaring Stacy in a class all by herself, because never in his career had he met a parent who, in an act of self-preservation, attempted to simultaneously murder her child and frame her for crimes committed by the mother. I mean, hopefully that's something that many judges don't have to ever exactly. go through. But and it's weird to me that there's all this stuff with David and the and the daughter. What about the other dude? Oh, Michael? Yeah. She didn't get it. She just got away with that one. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, 
That, I mean, not not to sit here and fact check you and stuff like that, but I mean, it just uh, in anything that I'm kind of looking at, at as well with the trial, everything is very heavy on David. Actually, I think I think what it was was that I think David Jr., who was the main driving force behind it, behind yeah. it. Um, I think that was kind of like the squeaky wheel got the grease yep. kind of thing. I think the court focused on that because then there was also um, civil legis- like civil stuff that had to be taken care of because there was the issue of, of robbed inheritance. Yeah. Whereas Michael Wallace, um, I, I don't think that the family maybe pushed it as hard. Yeah. Financially. I don't, and yeah. I don't think like, I don't like a big thread in the Stacy and Michael Wallace relationship was financial hard times. Um, and so I don't, and so I know that they, at the end, they weren't like destitute, mm-hmm. but that, that was definitely a stressor. And so yeah. I, I just don't think there was enough. It, it would have been basically up to any surviving family members of, of David Wallace and then Ashley and Bree to pursue it further. Yep. But I can't also can't imagine that they would want to spend a whole nother four or five years in court proceedings when she's going to get but yeah. the, you know what i mean at the time you know whether her age and 50 years unless there was potential parole and stuff like yeah. that you add another murder on it i yeah. don't know it's just a weird well thing so to... so here yeah. actually that's a perfect segue that we're ever going to get so stacy castor spent her remaining days as inmate number 09g0209 at the bedford hills correctional facility for women in bedford hills new york if all went her way good good uh good behavior good parole hearings everything went swimmingly the earliest possible release date would have been june 15th 2055 a month shy of her 88th birthday yeah there it is those affected by her heinous actions need not worry though in a satisfying bolt of irony she was found dead in her prison cell on the morning of july 11th 2016 at the age of 48 a coroner's investigation found no signs of foul play or suicide and ruled her cause of death an unexplained heart attack. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. and, That's a lot to, to hold. And let's be honest, I have to imagine that if there's that many readily available prescriptions in the house, she was yeah. probably, and I'm not trying to judge a book by its cover, the old saying or whatever it is, but I have to imagine she was probably abusing some kind of alcohol, yeah. some pain thing. That's, that's yeah. probably not good for your and, heart. And my mother-in-law describes her as like high-strung and wiry anyway. And she was very small, mm-hmm. like very, very, like delicate, spindly, yeah. like and this frail-looking anyway. Yeah, and, and I know you have a, a note of potential series and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that that did come from it. And uh, there was also, in what you're going to say, there was also a forensic file episode called Freeze Frame that was a, a, a part of that. And that was pretty good there. I, I think I read something that there was an even on-air 2020 special yep. that, that was on there as well. So. In one of those TV specials, the picture of Stacey Gasper holding my sister's life. Ooh, what the? Well, yeah. that has so, to be in there. We'll find yeah, it. Yeah, so we'll, I, that picture, I could have found, my mother-in-law could have found it, but I'm pretty sure that that photo was in one of those, uh, one of those episodes. We'll find it. So yeah, so for more on Caster, check out the stuff Matt just mentioned. There was also a made-for-TV movie called Poison Love, the Stacey Caster story. Um, that's pretty readily available now. I know you can Google TV that, and it gives you some options to watch it. Um, in closing, I'm going to change things up a little bit. Instead of a quote inspired by it, I'm just going to give a quote directly from the court proceedings. Oh, okay. And so this is from Chief Assistant Director Christine Garvey, 
um, at Stacey Kester's sentencing hearing. And Christine Garvey actually has a really badass role in all of the court procedural side of this, um, which the court proceedings could be a whole series of episodes in and of themselves. Like it's a very well documented ABC news was all over it. Um, thing like it, it's, it could be its own standalone thing. Mm-hmm. She's a badass in her own right. So if Christine, if you're still out there listening, you're a real one. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Christine Garvey as chief assistant director attorney says at the sentencing hearing, Stacy Castor is cold, calculating and without any emotion for what she has done. Human life is sacred. Stacy Castor places no value on human life, not even her own flesh and blood. To Stacy Castor, human beings are disposable. Ugh, that's a weird thing. That's a gross thing to think about. Today's sources include the beloved Wikipedia, Hell yeah. murderpedia.org, which is a very cool uh, website if you're into true crime and that sort of thing. It's basically um, a collection of like profiles on murderers big and small it's an open source thing people add to it source it it's like a wikipedia just for murderers if that's the kind of macabre thing you're into mm-hmm. abcnews.com um, had a bunch of good articles because they followed it pretty closely syracuse.com vis-a-vis the post standard newspaper online publication in the syracuse area and uh the age.com.au i'm not under i don't know why but australia for some reason has a lot of stuff on this i don't know why it was so big Hmm. over australia but yeah it's probably because it's so hard to get antifreeze there that they're just intrigued by antifreeze poisoning yeah yeah not a lot of things are gonna freeze there so no they got they got i don't don't have an accent so i'm not gonna pretend to do one but they they, you can kill people there what is antifreeze why do you need that stuff but it's uh, just hot as shit here Awesome. That was a fun episode. Can't thank uh, you and Zach, obviously, doing all the research and getting us through there. And Meg, as always, thanks in the studio. we got a quite the trio going. We'd love if you guys would go support the social medias. You guys can check it out at either yourtown.com. You can check it out at beacons.ai slash yourtown. And you can check us out uh, Instagram. There's a Twitter, but I, I, I'm i going to be real. Don't check that out. Yeah, we're fighting stuff. with Elon right now. Nah, we're not even fighting. We're just... That's right. Know. Zuckerberg's fighting. Yeah, there's enough fights. But uh, either way, we can't think enough. Love it if you followed it. And uh, if you like the episode, you want to submit an episode, we're going to start expanding in the next little bit. A lot of it is, you know, central, northern New York, or a lot of places near us. But we have some cool stories. We want to start branching out. And if you go to yourtown.com, you can see every time we do an episode, we put a little thumbnail pin on a map and we updated uh, every time we're doing these so check that out and again submit the stories you can send it to us on the instagram you can check it out at uh, i think the your town pod check out the links in the description there's going to be the email address i i can't think it off the top of my head so uh so we got can't thank you guys enough and we'll uh we'll do this again next week another great episode so take care everybody